Hey everyone, and how are ye? Welcome to this super duper late night version of Welcome to Our Podcast. Funny thing is, it's not so much our podcast right now because, uh, let me explain the setting to you. I am sitting crisscross applesauce on the floor of my childhood bedroom where I uh, discovered so many things about pretending to read and do homework, um, discovering my own body parts, uh, not cleaning up clothes, putting things under other things to give the illusion of a clean room. I learned a lot in this room, and uh, now... I'm sitting here talking to you by myself, um, stuck uh, in the house. There is so much snow outside. I forgot what it was like to function in this particular situation. What happens is uh, there are meteorologists, right? And they say things like, hey, probably going to get a lot of snow is what they say, uh, paraphrasing here. And sometimes, either what happens is, um, there's way more than they tell you, or there's way less than they tell you. There is never the exact amount of snow that the meteorologist predicts. I've never seen that happen. Not once. I hate to speak in absolutes like that, but it's my podcast, so I don't care. Maybe if Zoe was here, she would correct me. But the fact remains, um, I don't know that I've ever heard a meteorologist say, hey, tomorrow morning, expect exactly six inches of snow. And then you'd wake outside and you you wake outside. Yeah, I slept outside. Slept outside? Is this what's going to be? Dude, what's more annoying than two people who uh, are sitting across from each other and can't speak? And that's just one person hanging out by himself who can't speak. Um, but lo and behold, I've never had a meteorologist say, uh, expect six inches of snow, and you go outside with a ruler, and lo and behold, uh, that's what it is. So we had about, um, I wouldn't even know what to say, maybe a little over a foot the other day. And then today, ooh, here's a funny story. Today, there was supposed to be a magical mix of snow and freezing rain followed by snow and freezing rain. Okay, so even in explaining it to you like that, you could say, well, that's a layered weather pattern right there. And there's uh, precipitation that accumulates. It stays on the ground. Okay, there's there's like 12 cylinder words um, I'm using right now. These are SAT words. Um, so you can imagine like layer of snow, right? Then layer of ice that freezes another layer of snow. This is a podcast. Okay. This is an audio thing. And I don't know that I need to explain to you further what layers are like, right? I was watching the news today And to further drive this point home, I saw a newscaster out in the field. So he has his little, like, super sharp local news parka on. And he had a a hamburger. (laughs) 
he had a hamburger in his hand in the middle of like these hockey gloves that he's wearing these like giant thick winter gloves he's holding this like frozen hamburger and he's like okay to illustrate our point this bottom bun (laughs) i swear to god this is true this bottom bun is the layer of snow that was here this middle section and then lifts up the bun as if you can't see the middle section of the hamburger just from him holding the hamburger like human beings hold hamburgers he's like this section right here pointing to the the patty with his uh giant winter fingers this would be the ice here okay so first bun snow this patty right here this represents the ice now this top bun that's another layer of snow. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know if it was his idea to bring food into the layered food into the situation, or if right before they were about to shoot, the producer was like, yo, hold on. Okay. I have the visual element that's missing from this particular news story that's really going to drive it home. And hit deep into the hearts of of the families watching, who just want to understand what layers look like. And then maybe the producer ran out to Arby's, not Arby's because they don't have cheeseburgers at all. The producer ran out to McDonald's, maybe the Burger Queen, and got a hamburger. And then they just discarded the hamburger. I I believe he threw it and made a snarky comment like, well, no one's going to want to eat that. Just like no one's going to want to eat the snow. That's... The other thing that I've been realizing lately is that I this does not make me better than anyone. I promise. I'm not saying this to hold myself on a, a different elitist level, but I have not personally had cable since uh, I don't know 2004 or something like that, um, and. So I don't watch the news like I read the news on on the computer from several different sources. I don't wake up and turn on channel whatever and just get my same news every day. But newscasters have a cadence and they all have the same cadence and I can't get over it. It's like once you hear it, you can't unhear it. And it kind of sounds like this. Here are the layers, the cheeseburger layers. And back to you, the studio. And they all do the same cadence, and I can't get over it. Maybe I have a thing. I'm sure that I have a thing. I have, what is it, six years worth of videos. I'm sure I only talk one way. I'm sure a lot of people got sick of it along the way. I'm fine with it. If you're listening to this right now, thanks for sticking with me. And thank you for... uh, me never having to call on my true calling as a, um, a newscaster. Robotic, robotic newscaster. I don't get it. Here we have the snow, in the middle we have the rain, and of course, topped with more snow. Mike Falzone, channel whatever, you, in the studio. Whatever they say. I don't get it. So I'm snowed in here with my family and that part of it's lovely but the part that sucks is not being able to do anything so that sucks uh i've been doing stuff around the house today tomorrow tuesday you'll see 
uh, a video. That's, I don't know if you can hear my tumbly rumbling, but didn't have dinner. So that's a thing I could add to my to-do list for show. Um, film some stuff around the house today that will, um, be part of a video tomorrow, which is a collaboration with Kid President, which was a very nice surprise. Um, they asked me a couple weeks ago if I wanted to do something to promote this book that Kid President has coming out. And so I met some of the people from, um, Soul Pancake and I met Brad and Robbie and uh, the people behind Kid President and everyone's so nice and talk about a ridiculously easygoing, positive group of people who literally just want to spread positivity on the internet. So that was awesome. And I consider myself really lucky to be able to work with them. <laughs> and we thought of like a funny little skit that had to, it coincides with um, a chapter in the book. I don't want to give the whole thing away, but um, the premise behind it is that if you're having a bad day, which uh, I was when I met Kid President, you can, if you have something to say, you sing it instead, and it's supposed to warm your heart. And uh, that's all I'll give you. And hopefully you'll um, you'll enjoy that video, and that'll be up tomorrow. Um, I asked you guys for a bunch of questions. I feel like since it's just me, we'll keep this as short as possible. I'll try to be as entertaining as possible. I'm telling you, man, this, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the office episode. I, I think it's the, where they're doing the safety talks and they go down in the warehouse and they have the bailer, which is a, a piece of equipment that could like kill you instantly and maim you and cut off your arms. And then they go upstairs to the office and they see that they live this comfy, uh, I believe they call it a Nerf life up there in the office. So I feel weird complaining about my general disposition and my tiredness and uh, sleepy drowsiness due to the weather. But I'm definitely uh, seasonal affective disorder or whatever is attacking me right now. So tough being stuck in the house all day, drinking cups of coffee all right, cups of water, and just really rotating that back and forth until uh, the sun falls down and tomorrow happens. That's been my life for the past two days. So you can imagine. Um, got a bunch of questions. All right, scrolling through them now. I don't... Oh, let's start at the very beginning. Okay. Earlier in the day... I got a question that I promised myself in my heart that I wouldn't answer on the podcast. Um, but I, I'm going to do it now because I, I feel like she deserves it. <laughs> uh, my good friend Tonjus, Megan Tonjus, who is one half of the Roommate podcast. If you're into looking for more podcasts, uh, she has her own. Uh, she asked me a question called, <clears throat> What That Mouth Do? Question mark. Um, if I know Megan, this is, uh, something that the kids are saying nowadays that she probably caught wind of on Tumblr or something similar. And now she's going ahead and, and asking me because she knows that, uh, questions like that infuriate me. And this was no different. Um, however, I will try to take it seriously and, uh, go ahead and answer this question about my mouth and what it do. Megan. Um, I mean, we've been friends for a while. You do know what my mouth do. 
my mouth uh, talk. Okay, uh, I spit hot shit from time to time. Uh, my mouth sing. My mouth masticate so hard. And uh, that's what I've been doing today. Um, as part of an Italian household that has um, recently had company over. There are many Italian cookies afoot in the house. So my mouth has, has been... Um, there's been no vacancy in my mouth, uh, for the past couple days because it's been filled with, uh, just a plethora of uh, delectable treats. I don't know where these words are coming from, man. I don't use any of these words in day-to-day conversation. I promise. So Megan, I'll see you at playlist and then, uh, I'll say hi to you and I'll add that to the list of things my mouth do. (laughs) Maybe that'll be my little way of entertaining myself through this solo cast is I'll try to end every one of your questions in um, the reporter cadence. Okay, so Christopher White, he says, how did you start making music? Um, My earliest memories of making music were finding an old half-strung kind of toy acoustic guitar at my aunt's house and just begging if I could have it and no one wanted it because it was a a piece of shit kind of the thing that would go out of tune as you were tuning it um but you know the thing I can't even imagine how nerve-wracking it is when your kid is like I want to learn how to play the guitar because I would, I would love to hear a child of mine say that in the future, but the thing with kids is, especially now, it's like they're into something else every five seconds. I know a lot of 30-year-olds that are into something else every five seconds. So, like, do you want to buy them something? Do you want to put all this... Do you want to put all your eggs in the guitar basket, is what I'm asking you. Um, so, I, my parents, rightfully so, uh, probably a little apprehensive about buying me something so this is kind of what i learned to make sound on and uh as the story goes the thing only had like three or four strings on it and there were the three or four lowest strings so i was like well i don't know how to restring a guitar i don't know where you get the strings but i do know from watching paul mccartney uh on old grainy black and white videos that um bass players play with four strings so i would then go to i don't know like friends birthday parties and i would pull up a chair and i would get real close to the radio and i would try to pick out the bass parts and i would try to memorize them and go home and play the bass parts on my out of tune acoustic guitar with three strings on it and uh and here we are today international music superstar so it all (laughs) it all worked out um jamie gardner what up girl longtime listener of the show uh bringer of friends to shows to live shows what's up jamie i hope you're well she says oh uh, i said um who has questions about anything youtube wrestling music takeout food she went ahead and um is really into the takeout food option for whatever reason. She goes, takeout sounds good. Chinese pizza or something else. Um, 
here is the thing. My heart and mind want everything. I want General Tso's chicken all the time, okay? I don't know how to properly say it, but I do know how to properly taste it with my mouth. One of the many things my mouth do. Um, I always want General Tso's chicken with white rice. I haven't had it in a long, long time because I've been trying to eat healthy and just be healthier in general. Um, we had pizza the other night, and I, I tiptoed my way through two to three pieces uh, and tried not to make myself sick, and that was lovely. Uh, recently, here's the thing. Me and Zoya, over the past year or so, while we were trying to find a good pizza place in L.A., would just order from random sporadic places and one time i accidentally ordered a hawaiian pizza which is like i think this particular one was pineapple that's the main that's the defining characteristic of a hawaiian pizza and ham and i think this one had sausage on it they don't all have sausage but this one did and i can't tell you it was during that time in the afternoon uh late afternoon where like if something was fucked up with this order you couldn't, there's no time to rectify it. It would be too late by the time whatever else came, its replacement. So, in my mind, I ordered like a sausage and chicken pizza, or just sausage, whatever the case may be. But I messed up. I, I think I was trying to order sausage and pepperoni. Yup. And I ordered sausage and pineapple. So the thing came, and it smells so good. And we open it up, expecting this basically meat lover's pizza. And we open it up, and I wish there was a camera inside the box to see just the disappointment and the sadness, especially in Zoya's face. Like I had failed her. Like I had lied to her every day previously in our relationship. And she's just finding out now. That's what I imagine she felt at that moment. Because I myself was destroyed. And I looked down, and I never had fruit on a pizza before. And I looked down, and I see this pineapple-clad monstrosity. I'm just staring at it right in its stupid pineapple face. And so I'm like, listen, gotta eat it. Have to eat it. Have no choice. I'm so hungry. What if there's nothing else in the house? Have to eat it. Ate it, all right? And wouldn't you know... Uh, the saint of trying new things was smiling so tough down upon us that day where we loved it. And I actually, uh, actually, yeah, there's several R's in the word actually. Um, I suggested it to my family and they looked at me like I was an idiot yesterday <laughs> and then they tried it and they didn't think it was too bad. Um, so either they're really good at lying to me or... Uh, I converted some Hawaiian pizza lovers. Do you guys like Hawaiian pizza? Let me know in the comments below. Mike Falzone, channel whatever nows. Um, Kyle Penn. He tweets, this is a wrestling one, so uh, the majority of you could tune out for the next minute or so. I think Daniel Bryan should hold every title at once, including the Divas title, which, of course, is for females only. What do you think? Here... <clears throat> I feel like this is kind of one of those times where even if you're not really into wrestling, it's kind of been all over the news recently and all over like ESPN and um, like the morning talk shows and stuff like that. 
because of how bad it's been. And uh, that's a really special moment because usually, if nothing else, the wrestling is really good at kind of rolling with the punches. And sometimes they just need to be woken the F up every once in a while. And I think we're kind of at one of those turning points right now. As we speak, there's an episode of Monday Night Raw on which could or could very not be making history. Who knows? I haven't had cable since 2004. All the stories tie in. Um, the thing with, okay, so there's this dude, Daniel Bryan, and he's kind of a little scruffy looking dude, and he's just a great guy, he's been working really hard for a long time, all the fans love him, and basically when he, he was out hurt for a long time, and, uh, he's back now, and if he doesn't win everything, people seem to get very upset, because they like him very much. The thing is, it's a company, and there's a lot of people who are working very hard in a company, and there's this delicate balance between, since we live in the age of the internet, any show, any television show you watch, you always kind of want stuff to happen. I know, I didn't watch this, but Sons of Anarchy was big in Zoya's life, and I think there was a dude called Opie, right? I'm probably butchering this, and I apologize if I am, because I know people have a strong emotional attachment to this character. But, um, I, I, without giving too much away, I don't think things go all that well for this dude, right? So, as a fan of that show, of course you want to see your favorite character do everything good. <laughs> That's where my English skills are at right now. You want to see the most dopest guy do everything good. But... You also want to suspend your your disbelief, and you also want to be surprised, um, and you want to be entertained. So it's like there's this delicate balance between you can't not do everything the uh, anything the fans want, and you can't do everything the fans want because both of those extremes are very not interesting at all. So you got to find a way to make as many people happy as you can, but even if you're not giving them what they want, at least make what you're doing entertaining and surprising and, you know, so much so that you want to tune in the next week. And what's happening now is kind of uh, the opposite of that, <laughs> where the WWE is kind of doing whatever it wants, which would be totally fine if it was interesting. But it's not very interesting. Um, my thing is, I'll love wrestling no matter what. Because I think, like I've said a million times before, even when it's really bad, it's good and uh, for all different reasons. But um, yeah, that's kind of my long-winded, weird answer for that. I do think he deserves everything. Maybe not the women's title, because, you know, he's a dude. And there's women who work really hard for that title. But um. I don't know, man. I like when he's on top because he has the passion, but I'll take anyone being on top as long as the fucking story is interesting. Um, S.E. Vidrio, another guy who comes out and sees a lot of live shows. He says, best pop stars of the last 30-ish years. Oh, man. I'm not going to say the best, but... I'll say, hopefully I'll give you a bunch of really good throwbacks. Jordan Knight. Go, <laughs> go ahead and look up Jordan Knight. Uh, give it to you. 
which is probably the most sexually charged song of my my childhood. Uh, LFO were shining beacons of pop when I was younger, mainly because they had Jennifer Love Haywitt in their videos. Um, on a more serious note, I've been on this fucking Usher kick recently. For whatever reason, I was not mentally present when the song Climax came out. Uh, Climax is one of Usher's songs. Um, it's kind of a really heavy, uh, I would call it like a heavy-handed, uh, digital R&B. I don't know. It has a crazy rumbling bass type thing. It's like really slow R&B, really, I would call it really slow, hard-hitting R&B, which is my favorite thing. Um... And this song is really interesting to me. I don't know why I missed it the first time around. It was probably even a single of his. I think there's a video on Vivo. You can go check it out. Even if you're not a big Usher fan, I think uh, he has a couple songs that are just absolutely ridiculous. And I think he's kind of the closest thing that this generation has to Michael Jackson. And uh, I don't know. I, I really like it. So anyway, this, this song, Climax... Um, it's interesting because as a musician or as a band, you always kind of try to build up to a chorus sonically um, and everything crescendos, uh, everything crescendos, Mike Falzone, musical vows. Um, no, you, you try to build it up to the chorus and then the chorus is like the big triumphant celebration of what the song's about. But what happens is it kind of, it builds in the verses and then all of the choruses are kind of like bare bones beat and falsetto and very soft, but get the point across perfectly. I don't know, man. Um, the guy who's producing the album that we've been working on for the past couple months, the one with you and me on it, and uh, we've been working on that really hard and I cannot wait to let you guys hear more of that if you're interested. Hopefully you are. Uh, stuff that I'll be playing um, when I play out in 2015 that I'm incredibly excited to play. Stuff that I'll be playing at Playlist Live in a couple days. Um, he showed me this song a couple weeks ago before one of our sessions, and I've listened to it like fucking three times a day for the past two months, and I'm not sick of it yet, and I'm sure I will pretty soon. I played out Blame It on the Rain by Millie Vanilli. Which should probably be added to the list. I never thought I'd get sick of that either. How about some songs that I'll never get sick of? Candy Rain by Soul For Real. I will never get sick of. Um, Are You In by Incubus. Most Incubus songs I'll never get sick of? That's a pretty good question. I'll pose that question to you guys. Answer me that because I'm <laughs> I'm uh, interested in your responses. So on Twitter, hit me up at Mike Falzone and tell me the songs that you'll never get sick of because those just have to be good songs. So I'll take your recommendations and I'll listen to all of them. Um, Ben Crawl, he says, what's your fantasy booking for WrestleMania? Are you a Reigns fan? There's this dude, Roman Reigns, who they're trying to build up to be the next Hulk Hogan, John Cena, whoever you're familiar with in like the top guy spot he's like the super good guy who goes and he beats up everybody regardless 
Uh, Zoya is very much on Team Roman Reigns because he looks like a super duper good looking version of me. Like if I put the passion into my body that I do for music and comedy and stuff like that and uh, tribal tattoos, uh, that's what I would look like. He's a beautiful man. I think he's actually cousins with The Rock, if you're familiar with The Rock. Um, And I think one of the things that uh, WWE is doing right now, maybe kind of unsuccessfully, is building him up to take over that next big spot. Maybe. I don't know. I don't write for them. But that's kind of where everybody thinks it's going. And because it's so predictable, people are starting to turn against them. And I was all about him because I've seen many interviews where he's like ultra respectful. And uh, I saw him at this thing in LA and uh, he was super duper nice. But then recently, and I hope this is being taken out of context, but uh, he got a lot of backlash at the last event because he won and it was kind of super predictable so the whole stadium of people kind of turned on him and it was really interesting to see because everyone loved him seconds before this and then he won and so he's going to wrestlemania and a lot of people are not happy and it's very confusing it must have been very confusing and hurtful for him so i read this article today where he's like you know, I'm going to do what I do and the WWE is going to do whatever they want to do, regardless of what the fans want. And at the end of the day, I'm just a guy getting rich. And I was like, oh, I don't care what profession you're in. You don't say that. That's kind of like a giant spit in the face of everyone. Like, that's just not how you talk about people who support you. It's weirded me out. So I'm kind of off of him. Um, And that's not what they would call, I think they call it a work in the business, which is when I'm talking about the business like I know anything about the business. I just like wrestling. Um, Sometimes they'll say stuff just to get a reaction in interviews or whatever, but they said this was just like a candid thing, and that's not. You don't want to say shit like that. So hopefully that's just like a media fumble or whatever. Or maybe, knowing the WWE, maybe they'll take this and they'll take his little media stumble, which is kind of garnering a lot of negative attention. Maybe they'll make him a bad guy and maybe they'll start to work with him like that. I think that would be super interesting, even though I'd kind of go back on what I said because I just predicted that. But to see that play out would be really interesting. WWE, give me a writing job. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Karamia brings it back down to reality by saying, awful roommates, no question mark, but you don't have that problem. Thank goodness. I have one awesome roommate and, uh, she is my girlfriend and she's a wonderful person and she lets me kiss her on the mouth and stuff like that. So bonus, um, I'm going to be super fair right now. And I have, I've had several roommates Okay, from college to being a young man in my early 20s. And uh, I think, especially in college, I think I was the shitty roommate. It's not that I was a piece of shit, but I wasn't always the cleanest, um, for sure. I still work on my cleanliness day to day. I remember uh, I had a roommate that I didn't get along with very much in, in college for one reason or another, 
but I can't imagine that I was like the shining star in that situation. I think we're both kind of pieces of shit and we both kind of didn't like each other for certain reasons. And I think all those reasons were warranted. So I'd like to take this time to apologize to anyone who I was a shitty roommate, the smelly kid. Um, This has been coming up a a lot recently in conversations with friends, but somebody thought I had dreadlocks the other day because my hair is super duper curly. And uh, I was like, nah, man, I made that mistake in college and I just had shitty dreadlocks. I didn't know how to take care of them. And I just like didn't wash my head and I was just like itchy and sketchy the whole time. (laughs) I'll never do it again. So I can only imagine, you know, it's like as much as I maybe didn't get along with my roommate like he had to come home a hard day's work to this (laughs) sketchy itchy dude (laughs) no good man thank goodness uh another conversation i've been having recently is i have certain friends who you know admittedly will be like yo if i can go back to high school and and do high school again I would, I'd love that. Or if we can go back to college just for a night, like I'd love to go back to college. I would not go back and do any years of my life. There's not one year that I would go back and do because every second before this second, I was dumber than I am right now. And the further you go back in years, the fucking dumber I was. And you go back month by month and I just get less and less talented and less and less interesting than I even am now. And so it sucks. And I very much, I don't know, man, I look forward to like getting old. Like I have gray hair and I think it's dope. And everybody, especially, I don't know, maybe it's just the product of where I live or what I do with like YouTube stuff and music. I talk to fellow people who do similar things and a good amount of them are, are scared about getting older. And I guess it all depends on what you do, but I'm like, if I keep getting smarter and my life keeps getting better and I keep on working and reaping the benefits of things and, um, learning more and just being better. It's like, Why would you want to go backwards? What do you think? I'll wait. Chisholm Ukawa. I hope I said that right. Chisholm Ukawa. Uh, Tweets. How does one officially, how does one efficiently go about learning to play the guitar? Um, I was just talking to my friend, uh, Duran about, uh, learning a skill specifically as it pertains to Final Cut Pro X. Now, I think I said this at the show in Nashville too, which is like, we live in such a cool time where if you got Final Cut Pro, or if you somebody gave you a guitar tomorrow, if you spent some serious time and you really wanted to better yourself, you spent some serious time on YouTube, just type whatever your question is into the search bar on YouTube and... You're good to go, man. Just watch videos and learn and listen and watch. You could watch somebody else do it and repeat it. And the more passion you have, the more you're going to stick with it. So I would just say most efficient and cheapest way, find a guitar or make one pretty easy, I think, and just 
look shit up on YouTube. Do that. You'd save yourself a lot of money. And if that's not working, take lessons. And if that's not working, just lock yourself in a room until your fingers bleed. Like we did back in the day. My girl Francesca tweets, uh, What are five words that describe how you're feeling right now? Also, I'm about six months behind on the podcast, so sorry. So I could answer this, but she won't know what I'm talking about until we're both uh, have another birthday, probably. <laughs> um, five words that describe how I'm feeling right now. Okay, let's do a couple. Um, my leg really hurts now. Uh, and that's because of the way I'm sitting. We're all snowed in. Ah, that's five. Um, I was cold, but now, and that's five. So I guess we'll just leave that one, um, open-ended. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, good. I think we really nailed that one. I, dude, <laughs> I guess I'm thinking about the hamburger. Dude had a ham, he needed a hamburger to illustrate how layers work. How stupid do you think your audience is? There's a layer of snow, and then a layer of ice, and then a layer of snow. Not unlike this hamburger, which I'm sure you're familiar with. You stupid idiots. At home, you're so stupid. I was more offended by, they just discarded the hamburger. He just threw it over his shoulder or whatever. It's like, at the very least, there's probably a homeless person out in the snow somewhere who would love to eat anything and you're proving a shitty point with a piece of food that you're just going to throw in the snow afterwards what a shitty thing to do i can't stop thinking about it julian orhana tweets um have you listened to goldberg's podcast and the art of wrestling podcast uh as many of you know the art of wrestling podcast is the podcast that got me into wanting to podcast how many times could i say podcast at the end of this sentence mike falzone pippity podcast news scoob to squeeb bob shabow the same robot cadence um i have not i wasn't a big goldberg fan some of you might remember him from the 90s i wasn't a big wcw person even when everybody was flipping back and forth during the Monday Night Wars. I never really gave a shit. I was always kind of intrigued by Ric Flair. Because he was unlike anyone else that I'd ever seen. Then Hulk Hogan was a bad guy for a little bit and that was cool. But other than that, I didn't really give a shit about the bald football player tackling people. That's what football players do. They tackle people. I wasn't really that impressed by that. Oh, that guy used to be on the Falcons. Okay, what does he do in the wrestling ring? Well, he lines up over there, and then he tackles you. Yeah, I saw them do that for the Falcons. Why do I need to watch wrestling for that? All right. Troy R. tweets, We share an appreciation for the movie Groundhog Day, as I hope many of you share. It's Groundhog Day today. Uh, get out your booties, because it's cold out there. Uh, I hope all of you love that movie. If you haven't seen the Bill Murray movie, Groundhog Day, it's one of the two best movies named after a holiday. It's that and Independence Day. Uh, big up to Will Smith. What do you like about it? Um, so Groundhog Day, without reading the, the straight up 
description off Rotten Tomatoes or whatever. Uh, Bill Murray is this kind of piece of shit news anchor guy, meteorologist. Oh my goodness. Talk about how all the stories are tying in. And what he does is he opens up a burger place where he explains to people how layers work on the daily. No, that's not what he does. He's kind of this like curmudgeon piece of shit uh, meteorologist. And he travels around and he goes to uh, to Pennsylvania where Pugsatawney Phil, the groundhog, will see a shadow. But something happens where he has to repeat the same day over and over again. And it's always Groundhog Day and he lives the same day over and over again until he eventually realizes that he needs to kind of go back and change the kind of person he is and turn into a good person so he could progress on with his life and it's heartbreaking in some points and it's absolutely hysterical in most points because it's fucking bill murray and he's the most dopest person um it's just a great movie man there's so many good characters that he runs into and he runs into the same people at the same times every day and they say the same shit and he reacts to them differently almost every time or he reacts to them the exactly exactly the same way every time to prove a point it's awesome super awesome movie i think it's on netflix go check it out um all right guys i'm not gonna i'm not gonna bore you with my voice anymore i want to say what's up to all the patreon people oh before i get going um many of you know that i i played in nashville last week i played at um my good friend olin rogers soda parlor and i can't uh I can't thank him enough for that because he brought me out there and um, he put me in front of uh, a bunch of people who were just like so ready and willing to ingest music and comedy. And it was an experience that I really needed after um, the past year and a half and getting off of those two tours that I I did as soon as I moved out to uh, the West Coast. Where, in my opinion, uh, each show was better than the next, and each show was like, I felt the best show of my career, and I was, um, in my own personal opinion, really coming into my own on stage as far as like the melding of music and comedy in one, and being just like totally myself on stage and absolutely comfortable. And then uh, there was a long period of time where I just got wrapped up in a bunch of other stuff and performing for the first time in a long, long time kind of took a back seat. And uh, I don't ever want that to happen again. And I always want performing and touring to be in the forefront of what I'm doing, regardless of what I'm doing. And I think this last year showed me that. And this was kind of the jumpstart for all that stuff. So um I can't thank him enough for that opportunity, and I can't thank everyone who was there enough. Um, We got videos. My friend John Freck uh, and his son Justin were filming. Uh, John works for Gibson. If you've ever been to VidCon or Playlist and you see the big Gibson bus, um, he's the guy who who brings that to you guys. And he treats me really well. He, He, you know just an awesome dude. I got to meet his, his family over the past couple of years and he offered to drive me around when I was down there and took me to go get some great barbecue, which was amazing. Nashville is beautiful. Um, 
and just really cool live music at all hours of the day and night. And that's that was kind of energizing in itself just to hear live music constantly uh, over those three days. Um, when I went and I checked in to the hotel at night, there was a girl playing downstairs in the hotel lobby because literally everywhere in Nashville has a little spot where people can and usually will be playing live music. Um, and then I went and I put all my stuff down in my room and I, I, by the time I got back down there, she was kind of wrapping up her set. She had a, a couple songs left and I was listening to her cause it was just a awesome, relaxing thing to do. It was like exactly what I wanted to do at that moment was, was hear somebody else play music. And, uh, she was talking to me from the stage and she was like, you know, what are you, what are you doing here? And I'm like, Oh, I'm here for a show and blah, blah, blah. And she actually gave me her last one or two songs, to play, so that was my first experience in Nashville. Was checking into the hotel and immediately being kind of greeted with open arms and saying like, "Hey, if you make art, come make art with all of us." Um, which was a lot of the conversation that me, Jake, and Rachel, and Olin had was uh, them trying to reinforce that I should be performing and making stuff and being really happy about that. So that conversation meant a lot to me and the opportunity meant a lot to me and um, it was awesome. Can't wait to show you some of that stuff um, and play for you, hopefully, wherever you are in the country. Great. That's everything. <laughs> sure. I want to say what's up to my Patreon people. If you guys don't already know, Patreon is a virtual tipping and rewards website. Basically, these people pay us to listen to the podcast and uh, some of them get rewards whether it be if they feel like talking to us on Skype they could do that that's part of a package um, there's a package called welcome to your mailbox where we will actually send you things whether it be a handwritten note or kind of like a little mini loot crate situation that we put together ourselves like I go shopping for stuff and then I send it out to you guys so that's on patreon.com backslash Mike Falzone um, the cool thing about that is like these people are just doing this. It's kind of like a big virtual tip jar. And they know that if they don't support the show in that way, nothing will change. Um, and they still uh, decide to help us anyway. So um, it's been a tremendous help and we can't thank them enough. So uh, as part of the $10 package, you also get a shout out on the show, which goes as, which goes as follows. Callium. What's really, really good? Uh, I had a good time talking to you today. Callum is from New Zealand, and he uh, he employs bees. His family breeds and employs bees because they're now selling the honey from the bees, and um, they're probably millionaires now. So congratulations. Put those bees to work. Uh, Brad, cover your ears because we're podcasting. Longest running inside joke on the show. Matthew Godman, thank you so much. Stephen Kelly, thank you. Ebony Tweedley, Stephen G. Adrian Crovetto, Candace Green, who uh, is a newbie who I got to speak to. Another New Zealish person. Who knew? She said she was going to send us a sheep. Fingers crossed. And Nathan Simpson, thank you uh, so much. Also, thank you to our sponsor, uh, Patreon sponsor, Digitally Tasty who uh, is a lovely young man who I also got to speak to today. Thank you so much for your support. And, um, yeah, I can't, I cannot wait 
to get back to um, the schedule with this. Not that we missed any of our days, just being able to, you know, we're definitely going to podcast at this time and both of us will be there or both of us and a guest. Um, There's a lot of people who want to be on the show who we definitely want to have on the show and a lot of people I want on the show, but I don't want to say anything and promise you guys stuff that's not going to happen. So I hope you enjoyed the last couple episodes, which were the uh, the kind of best of 2014. We put a lot of work into those, so if you ever get bored, those are kind of good, in my opinion, I think they're good starter episodes where like, if you want to show the show to your friends and their friends are like, well... I don't want to listen to these random, this random musician, comedian talk about whatever. What is the show like? You could just send them one of the best of episodes, and I think that's uh, a good representation of the show. All right, guys. Thank you so much for watching. Watching? God, I'm so used to saying that. Thank you so much for listening with your ears. I hope that the you can hear it. It's at a suitable volume. Not too loud, not too soft. And that'll be it for me, Mikey F, sitting crisscross episauce on the floor of my childhood room where I learned so many things about myself, about life, and about the fucking cadence that these newscasters have that's going to drive me insane if I don't get out of this house pretty soon. All right, man, I'm going to go eat some coffee cake. I mean, do push-ups. Talk to you later.